and I could give you like a gazillion examples where I still thought I could do it better. Over and over, I'm still learning that lesson to just let go of things and let others be better at it. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Heard of crowdfunding and still curious about how you can benefit from it? Well, we've got a step-by-step guide put together just for you by the best ever team and patch of land, the industry's leading crowdfunding experts. The best crowdfunding crash course ever, episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173 will provide you all you need to know to get started and begin benefiting immediately. Whether it's getting access to funds for your project or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started with Patch of Land. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, but more importantly, I'm with my guest, Clint Collins. How you doing, Clint? I'm doing awesome. All right. Well, we are going to talk a lot about real estate investing, but before we do, I'm going to give a little bit of background for some context for the best ever listeners. Clint began managing apartments when he was in grad school for free rent, and that was 10 plus years ago. He's been investing uh, in properties and managing properties ever since. His team now runs and manages over 1,800 units, and Clint directs an accredited property management program, training program for rentlikeapro.com and HUDU University. You'll have to explain a little bit about what that is, and at least to me. He's currently consulting for a multifamily project in Micronesia. You also have to educate me on where or what Micronesia is. <laughs> and he's been, he's based in Guam, but his company's in Idaho and Utah. And I was telling him before, it's really a cliche because everybody who mentions Guam also mentions Idaho and Utah in the same <laughs> sentence. So, so Clint, even though you're a walking cliche, I'd still like to have you on the show and, and talk to you a little bit about your best advice. So before we get into that, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, man. And I'm glad you said my team, because when someone says I manage 1200 units or 1800 units, you're just like, no, you don't. There's no way you're doing that on you. So I'm <laughs> they glad. just don't sleep. They just don't sleep. Right. Yeah. Right. I, and they have 12 clones. Yeah. And I say for the longest time, I was like, you know, managing 400 units is easier than like managing 50 because at 400, you can have a lot of other people doing stuff. Yeah, I, you got it right. I was I started in college housing, honestly, as a, a free place to live. I, we were broke and needed to li- rent, and I hopped in and managed this uh, complex in uh, college. And then it was back when money was free and interest rates were uh, well. The the loan they were giving loans to anybody, you know, so you could go in and say, "Yeah, I'm in college, making ten dollars an hour," and they're like, "Oh yeah, why don't you buy a ton of property?" Uh, <laughs> In working with the owner of that property, it just opened my eyes to what he was doing there with his investments. And so then I bought property while I was in college, and I bought the worst case scenario I think you could. I bought the wrong fourplex in the wrong area with the wrong tenants in it and uh, ended up like chasing around people with uh, the cops one night, uh, just like every – 
every horror story we had hit on that first fourplex. Uh, we after we bought it, we're thinking, you know, okay, rents for this much, our payments this much, we're gonna make so much money, and then we realized. Two of the tenants were dealing drugs, and none of them paid rent. And so it was like, and we had no, we we didn't have like the reserves you needed, and all the stuff that I advise people now. Yeah, I, I'll just admit I didn't have any of it. We just bought. <laughs> so we took into training. I, I started going to every apartment association thing, every property management thing. Like, how do we do this? Because it was kind of my thing to manage it. And we we bought a couple other fourplexes and houses, and. Uh, I really focused on the management, and then after a while, we started getting asked to manage for other people, and I graduated and left and went into my field of study, and then after a few years, just came back to property management, and uh, it's just grown since then uh, on just building the portfolio and and, uh, managing for others. When you're doing something really, really good, other people ask you to do it for them, or it might have been... When you're doing something that everybody hates to do, they're going to ask you to do it for them. <laughs> yes. Taxes, for instance. Yes. Yeah, that's a great one. You might ask a guy dancing on the side of the street wearing a costume to do your taxes because you hate them so much. <laughs> <laughs> the properties that you manage, are they multifamily? Are they all multifamily or what, what type of properties do you manage? Single family? Mix, yeah. From uh, the largest multifamily project uh, is about 302 doors all the way down to the guy that has one house. Uh, And lots of fourplexes and lots of 20 units, 10 units, but a lot of single family homes, Uh, especially when we went through the turn where people couldn't sell their properties. And so a lot of people were, we called them accidental landlords, and uh, they had to rent them out. And so we, we saw a lot of management companies grow that way, and now it's shifting, and now we're growing. Investors are back in the game, and we're adding a lot more investors, which is a lot better for a management company anyways. The accidental landlords don't want to be renting out their house. They have to, and that's just a different type of customer. How do you have a management company that manages a 302-unit and a single-family because you know, from the management companies I've spoken to, I'd say by and large, they focus on one or the other, but not both. How do you develop the process and everything that you need and the infrastructure to do that? Oh, that's such a good question because I, I saw during the, during the shift in the market, I saw some companies get rid of all their multifamily and go single family home only because it was profitable. And we sat there in, in these large conferences for property managers and we're sitting there going, that just seems like a mistake. What are you going to do when those guys all start selling their houses? And we, we've catered towards investors, so we do say no to a ton on our management company. We filter out who we manage for. Every six months, we actually identify the biggest time and uh, biggest time killers and the efficiency killers, and we let them move on to a different company. And so it's not like we're just accepting everything. We're actually narrow, more narrow-focused than most companies. And I think the key is that we're, we're focused on investors. And so – Rather, they have one house. If they have one house, they're looking to buy more and do more, and they they have an investor mentality. And so those guys, the guy with one house is, as an investor, you can manage for him like you do a 300-unit place. And, and I had a guy tell me early on when we were chasing people around that fourplex, he said – he was the president of the apartment association, just very, very well-respected guy. And he goes, manage one door like you would a hundred. And he's like, if you had a hundred, would you go over there and collect the rent? You know, would you go over and do this stuff? And 
And uh, I think we've just applied that to scale. We manage the 300-unit property as if it was one house, as it, you know, each one of those. And we manage the one as if it was one of the 300 or however you want to put that. But systems, just big-time systems. And uh, we have a management philosophy. And if you don't fit into it, we're not going to manage for you. <laughs> or you'll kick them out after six months. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's not like I should, man, I but you know what I you know what I mean like in property management, it's there's the 80/20 rule in like a lot of other industries where 20% eat up 80%. I'd say in property management, sure. it's like 90/10 or or 595. I mean, that you can have a, a few clients that just eat up your 80%, 90% of your time. And at the end of the day, you know, our agreement and everything is so easy. We're just like, you know, you're not happy. So Let's just move on. And we don't do that very often. We do it We do it systematically because it helps uh, improve things. But if they're not happy and we're not a good fit for them, we want to help them move on anyways. But we focus more on the growth, you know, and uh, we want them to be making money and be successful investors. It, a lot of that, a lot of that in the industry and in our business came from that period where we had all the accidental landlords in the business. I saw a lot of, we had to change policies and change marketing because they were coming into something they didn't want to be in. They got stuck with this house. They got their job transfer, and they had to turn it over. And a lot of us in the management industry had to make some changes because of this new customer we were dealing with that didn't want to. You know, it'd be like working at a restaurant, and someone comes in, and they have to eat there, and they don't want to. <laughs> you were talking about systems and the, the need for them. What type of specific software or system do you have in place? We are checklist crazy. Right now we use Propertyware and I use Yardy. I'm using Yardy on uh, some of my consulting projects and I have uh, exposure to a few others like Property Boss and that. We used, we've used we been on them. It's all about systems. But the software, it's funny, the software is just like a tool and people will buy softwares and, and or hop soft. Some, some people will change softwares and switch them when you have to have the systems that surround the software. You know, you have to have your systems need to work with the software, and we just have it. You know, we're huge E-Myth fans, so we just have it so bolted down that I just I, I wanted it so everybody could make decisions. You know, and you want every, and I started as the guy managing the units, and you know, I was the receptionist. I've been the the person that goes and changes locks. I've been the maintenance guy at some points early on, very early on. <laughs> I've been the, uh, you know, you learn the lessons. And what I would do is that I'd, I'm the receptionist and and I'm making a checklist. Here's exactly how to do this. Here's exactly how to do this. And then it's like, all right, we need to hire somebody. And then and then you move up. And I get to where I was meeting with investors, <laughs> you know, and just worked my way through the business like that and building checklists and here's how to do it type stuff. You have checklists for pretty much any role on a management team. Is that is that how you approach it? Yeah. Yeah, we really do. We, we, you have to, uh, anybody, there's different barriers. You know, you see the company stuck at 200 doors and then there's a barrier around 400 and then there's one in the six to 800. And then there's the guys that break the thousand barrier and you just find that there's different barriers they got to blow through. And uh, it's usually, it usually, uh, has to do with just like letting go and, and showing other people how to do stuff. Honestly, would you be able to share just one of those checklists with the best ever listeners? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you email that to me, I will make sure that it's downloadable in the show notes page for the best ever listeners. 
Yeah, and I just had to add the the usual, make sure it works in your state and la, 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 la. You know, the screening, we were huge on screening, just like – because we, we, we property managers end up cleaning all the messes from the people that get into it not know what they're doing. And, and it goes back to screening. They come to you with an eviction issue or they come to you with someone that hasn't paid rent or these problems – and it always goes back to screening, and so I'll share a uh, I'll share a screening system with you. That's awesome. Thank you. When you are managing a property and you're looking for looking for the best team members to place on your team or on your client's team, because you know I, I know that you consult other management companies. How do you determine who's the best fit to manage a particular property? Oh, that's a good one. We use we use profiling. That was a pretty good change. And, and in the industry, we we've exchanged with others and found certain profiles that work really good for being a good property manager. We use the DISC test, and uh, we went and escaped our businesses once and just profile. We've been using the test for like two years, you know. And then we said, all right, let's see what we have. And we talked about our best employees and and team members, I should say, and and some of the worst and things like that. And we plotted them all out and we found that our profile wasn't that much different than the other ones who've talked about in the industry. And that, that was pretty eye-opening because interviews are just like a bad first date where they just want to make it look all good, you know? So uh, probably the right matching them up, it definitely takes like the ones who can manage like the lower income stuff. It takes a different human <laughs> to do that versus the one that deals with high-end investors, the guys that are running uh, funds, when you're managing for those guys, portfolio managers, uh, we call them the Ferragamo crowd. They always show up wearing Ferragamos. It's hilarious. I don't even know what that is. What is a Ferragamo? <laughs> it's, it's the shoes, man. <laughs> it seems like they show up in like, I don't know. It's just, we call them the Ferragamos. They're managing portfolios for investment companies and uh, they show up and uh, they they just dip, they have a different mentality than the guy who's trying to you know, you got those people who are managing like funds and then you have the guy who has scraped and saved and he's bought, you know, his fourplex and a house maybe. And this is his future and his retirement. And that guy takes a different human, you know, to, to make him happy. And one of the best things we did was we separated tenant management and uh, owner management. So uh, we have a team member that just deals with tenants. Because that's a different – tenants are so checklisted out. There's there's nothing a tenant's going to throw at us that we don't have a system or process for. But the clients, you can line them up. You know, like uh, I have one one who – she's been with me a long time. And I know if someone is kind of high – a little high needs and just likes things done, she's the one. Because she'll do stuff before they're thinking about it and let them know she did it, you know. And it's – that's where the art comes in, I think. I don't have a checklist saying, you fill out this and you manage these properties. I, <laughs> that's, that's the people world. <laughs> when you're doing these trainings for rentlikeapro.com, these accredited property management trainings, what are some of the surprising things that are discussed during these programs? I know this doesn't sound surprising, but that people are still asking some of the questions they're asking. You know, uh, they're still coming to these apartment association meetings and stuff and going, and they're asking a question that is just like, have you done any research at all? That's not how you do it, you know? And I would say one of the, one of the best ones is like, um, 
I had a woman who asked, she said, I had these people move out that still owe me money and I'm trying to put all the files together and, and I'm learning the court system for, I want to go after them for collections. And this, this woman, she just looked worn out, man. And she had this stack of files and she's got, she's managing her own six properties and uh, she's trying to learn the entire court collection procedures, you know, and it's just stuff like, or, or the, the even more, so this is the more surprising one is when they say, well, I know I'm supposed to screen, but they came over and they just seemed like good people. So I let them move in. And then it's a total nightmare situation, you know, but how are we still hearing? That's what blows my mind. Like even out on the forums and different things, how are you still doing that? How, how are you still like going and just going? You, you, I know you've heard that you need to screen and run background checks, you know, and, and then it's just like, well, they seem like good people and they had a really good story. And it's, that's where I just want to throw a cinder block at my own face. You know, it's just like, <laughs> it's honestly where Rent Like a Pro came from. It was like we were helping and we're like, let's just make a system so people can learn this easier. And But still, it's still, they, I don't know, man, it's they're still asking the same questions. It's like, yeah. That that would be the most surprising thing. It's it's not that surprising, but it is. <laughs> and what does the accredited program? I mean, what what does that mean exactly? Hoodoo University saw it and said, uh, "Hey, we want to uh, do this," and it means you can get like continuing ed credits and stuff like that. I do the content, like I I develop the training program. I'm a what I said to them early on was, "Look, I'm a property manager. I'm not like a." web dude <laughs> i mean we have a we have a really good website and stuff you know and all that and i understand technology i'm not like that out of it but they took the training and and they're doing stuff with people that want continuing ed credits and stuff like that so we just kind of say yes to everything on that stuff so these guys came to us and they're like hey we want to use this and and we we think that it would be beneficial to this and this and we want to get it accredited and I said, great. So they added tests to it and stuff like that so that people could do it and get continuing ed or even college credits going through the program through Hoodoo University. And when someone comes to you with something like that, you're like, yeah, do it. You know, Because we originally created the product to help, to help out. And it's like if they'll help more people, then yes. And uh, it seemed like a good idea. You know, I think uh, people are getting – they get a little bit of college credit and they go through the accreditation process where they can see how much hours they get and stuff like that. So it's – that's been pretty interesting to watch. And I have looked up since my intro, Micronesia. And for those best ever listeners who are not familiar, and I'm sure all of you are, but I'm, I wasn't, I'm just going to mention Micronesia is a subregion of Oceania comprising of thousands of small islands in the Western Pacific Ocean. Western Pacific Ocean. It has a shared cultural history with two other island regions, Polynesia to the east and Melanesia to the south. You're currently consulting for a multifamily project on a bunch of little islands in the Pacific Ocean. What is that all about? <laughs> it's funny. Don't start zooming in on Google Maps on the islands out here. That's what I was doing about two years ago. And I would zoom in on Google, you know, just sitting there. I think I was at work and I'm zooming in looking at them and I'm like, that is amazing looking. Islands like uh, Chuuk. Or Palau. I mean, you you zoom in on them, and you're just like, you don't even know they're there, honestly. And uh, and I know nobody knows they're there because like a typhoon will come through and wipe out a whole island, and it doesn't even make the news. It's just like, yeah, it happens all the time. And so, <laughs> I was sitting there looking at those, and we'd done some longer travel. I think travel is one of the best things for systemizing your business because you, you get out, 
you come back and you realize what's not working right and what you need to make another system for because it's whatever didn't work great while you were gone, you know. And I did a little longer trip with the family and we were looking to do an adventure type, you know, let's let's get out and uh, and uh, go do something more like moving before the kids get too old, you know, because like if you move your kids around when they're in high school, they'll just hate you, I think. And <laughs> so they're still young and, and I, was, I was looking for something, but it's really funny because – once the idea gets in your head and you start thinking about that, you start catching on to little opportunities to pop up. And this one popped up and we got talking and it was like a – we went back and forth for uh, – I was just going to do business travel, like come out here. And I've sat at those restaurants and and airline lobbies and stuff with all the other business travelers. And again, I, I would rather do a lot of things than that. That's just not the life for me. So I made one or two. Was it two trips out here and then said, I, I'm just going to bring my family. <laughs> and we just moved out here. We wouldn't normally do that, but we're, it's fun. You know, we're, it's a, it's a consulting gig where they, um, things weren't running good again. You know, what's funny, it's very similar to the guy that buys a house and, and, uh, didn't give enough respect to property management. Like they get into the game and they think, well, what, you just collect the rent, right? It's that easy. Yeah, it's that easy. It's that easy. You just collect the rent, right? And like, as the properties start wear, this was new construction. As it starts wearing down and more and more issues, and you start having turnover because in- initially you're renting, you're renting new properties, so you don't need a lot of stuff. And then all of a sudden you start having maintenance and turnover, and you realize, whoa! And and then they start losing money and realize, whoa! You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's funny. I hadn't thought of that, but it's it's very similar to the guy that just gets in without it as well. <laughs> Clint, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Oh, man. Don't underestimate property management or even don't underestimate the benefits of awesome property management. And I'll tell you a story on that is that it's just like we were just saying, oh, you just collect the rent, right? And out there right now, it's really popular. You see all the blog articles and everything about just the, the news, like, it's so easy. What's holding you back from investing in real estate? No money down, no money down. How to get in without any money. And it's like you're hopping into a river, you know? We, we do a lot of floats in Idaho, and it's, it's like you're hopping into a river, and they make it easy to show up and hop in the river. And everybody's telling you to get in the river, and everybody get in. And people do. I did. I mean, that's my story. I bought that fourplex. But they hop in the river, and they have no idea what they're doing, and things get scary, and they, they spend all this time researching how to get in, and some people tiptoe in, and some people just run and dive in. And then they get in there, and what's funny is all the people they're working with, like the realtor, the loan officer, those people make their money when you get in. And then if you have a bad experience and need to get back out, those people all make money again. And the property manager, a really good one, or knowing the stuff yourself – is an incredibly useful tool if they're good. And and I see really smart investors who will use the property manager in the buying process, in the getting in process, because the property manager has comps for that neighborhood and on expenses. You know, like someone at our volume, someone can tell us the year of the house, the street it's on, and we can tell them what it's going to rent for and the average expenses and what, you know, what types of things they're looking at because of the age of it. And we have investors that'll fly in and they'll contact us and go around to the different properties with us and their realtor. And I look at those guys and I'm like, man, you are smart. They get it. Versus the clients 
who come along, they buy a new property, and they just hand it over. They go buy it and everything, and then they show up in your office and go, hey, here's the keys. You guys go ahead and manage this. And at that point, it's hard to tell them, hey, that was a horrible investment. I don't know why you bought that. (laughs) Yeah, here's the keys. Go ahead and manage it. By the way, it needs to rent for $2,500, and I purchased it for $40,000. Yeah, and my best one is the, uh, hey, the realtor said this will rent for $900, so I wanted it that. Or the other one, uh, when we were going through the home stuff, my mortgage is fifteen hundred a month, so I needed to rent for more than that. And you have to just like stare at them, and as your brain thinks, <laughs> how do I nicely say your mortgage doesn't have anything to do with the rent? <laughs> <laughs> I did it. I underestimated the management side. We've learned just by having a management program online. It's not a popular topic. It doesn't get shared. No one likes to talk about it that much. If you follow the big real estate like areas online. The stuff that gets tons of traffic and info is you know, the no money down and how I went to 1,000 units and how I bought 300 doors and all this stuff. And then it's just like, oh, hey, guys, you might want to manage this right. I don't know. I'm just saying. you know, Awareness is building, but still I see it all the time. The property manager has the advantage of seeing how hundreds of people do it. And so we know who the winners and losers are. You know, We know who's doing it right and who's not. And so we should be able to do it right ourselves. <laughs> You ready for the best ever lightning round, Clint? I think so. I think you are. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it, and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F. L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Get clarity and insight on your money by using Wella, your digital financial advisor. See all your accounts in one place and get all the answers to your questions from a real financial advisor anytime. Visit yourwella.com to get started. That's Y-O-U-R-W-E-L-A.com. All right, best ever book you've read. As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Best ever listeners, I know you like audio, so you can go to freebesteverbook.com and get a free audio version of a book like that. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? Travel. Early on, uh, even like right out of high school, drove across the U.S. Opens your mind, even to now, dragging my family around uh, the globe here. It just broadens your perspective and opens your mind and more people uh, should do it. And, And it doesn't require money. I think a lot of people let money hold them back. There's a lot of awesome ways out there to travel that don't cost too much. <laughs> Best ever success habit you practice? You know, you go through different seasons in life. Well, the one I'm in right now is gratitude and uh, one thing I'm going to accomplish every day. And I found a cool little app. I couldn't find the book, The 5-Minute Journal, and I've heard so much about it. So I found an app, and all it does is it asks me to name three things I am thankful for and one thing I want to accomplish today. And then at the end of the day, it asks, what was one good thing that happened today? It's one of those things I just like, oh, I'll try that. you know. Yeah, sure, I'll try that. You put it on your phone. And I found myself doing it. It would pop up in the morning. I'm like, oh. And some days it's like, oh, it's easy. Other days I'm like, air. I'm grateful uh-huh. for water. <laughs> but now that I've been doing it a handful of months, here, probably six months, it has a compounding effect. I'm just your uh, – and, and, and the simplicity of I only put down one thing I'm going to accomplish today. And I found that's not enough. I have way more I need to do. But what's funny is how many days I feel great if I did that one thing. And then the next day, it's like one thing. And if you're doing one thing, even if the the one thing some days is like, 
enjoy paddleboarding with the kids or like be present with the kids today. Because if it's if it's a day not at work, it's like that's my one thing to do. That thing's been eye opening, man. What's the app? I don't actually know the name of it, and it's not it's not the best app. I'm sorry, but it has ads and stuff. Well, we gotta find it. Yeah, we gotta find it because I I want to get it because you you sold me on it already. There's a ton of them, and the do it. There's different. Uh, it's Secret of Happiness. Oh, there you go. That's the name of the app. That's the name of this one, but I'm not in love with it. I know there's others out there, but this one works for me. You know. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. I'm in love with the idea. I should say that. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, because you hear about the five minute journal, but in Guam, that's not at the bookstore, and you can't ship it here. So I was look. An app works for me better, anyways. Best ever deal you've done. Acquisition of the business, for sure. Yeah, we did an acquisition on a management company, and if someone's selling a management company, it's just like if they're selling a rental property. You have to ask why. Why are they selling this? And it, it's probably because it's a mess, and it's and it's eating their life, and they hate it. <laughs> if it's creating passive residual income, they're probably not like, hey, I should sell that, you know. And so we bought a mess. And then started system. It was the business was very much like my first fourplex. We bought a business that was just like that, like no systems, total mess. And found out it, there, all the doors were misrepresented. And at the time, I thought it was the biggest mistake of my life. And looking back, that was probably my best, uh, my best deal. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? Right now, I'm really excited about these new units we're building on Saipan because Saipan is just a really, really cool island. It's a U.S. territory, and most people don't even know where it's at. I shouldn't say anything because I'd like it to stay that way. But these guys are doing these programs for kids and the community, and uh, and that's partly why I'm work. I told them, you know, hey, if this was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I probably wouldn't go do it. Nothing against Tulsa, but I'm not going to move my family there for fun for a while, you know. <laughs> so- but the, and then to see that they have the nonprofit element, I'm pretty excited about it. It's it's just you know it's something new and uh, and I'm learning. You know I took I I'm learning a lot about this section eight and section forty two housing and stuff like that. And learning kind of gets me excited. Best ever way you like to give back? Vocational rehab is what I got my master's in and what I originally worked in, and that is helping people become self-employed, people with disabilities and other barriers to employment. I would help them get employed, and I found in property management. I'm able to still work with those programs, uh, state and private, you know, kind of like the Goodwill companies. And we do so much, everything from painting to cleaning to front desk reception and to office work that these places that don't, they, they train them how to get back when they're ready to go back to work. They need on the job skills. And I've done that with our management company. And one of my best team members right now came through one of those programs and they're like, just diamond in the rough, man, you know, and that that's been that's been cool that I can keep doing that in property management and give people on the job training. And then I write them a letter of recommendation and then they can go get a job because when they're coming right out of the rehab program, they don't have all the, you know, they just look like someone coming out of a rehab program and maybe they were sorting clothes for the last year. And how's that going to help them get a job? But when they he uh, worked as a handyman or she worked at the or he or she worked at the uh, reception desk for six months and they were great and boom, they they get employed and their life moves on, and, and uh, that's fun, man. That's fun. Best ever quote. All right, this one's for you. I'm going to give you this quote, and you're going to tell me who said it. <laughs> All right. Because there's so many quotes, man. I just I can't pick one, but this one is great. Here it goes. No regrets when the worms come, and they will surely come. 
Oh my god, yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> that's Third Eye Blind, yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, that's one of the funniest things I've read online in the last month. Is I, I was reading I was reading about you, and it, the funny thing is they're like, I've been to more live Third Eye Blind shows than most people. And then I, I seriously was laughing out loud when it said, in parentheses, it's like, it says something like, yes, they still tour. I just <laughs> laughed so hard, I was like... Oh, that is so – I'm a huge fan of you being an unapologetic fan of Third Eye Blind. And so I Googled, I go, best Third Eye Blind quotes. And I'm sitting there reading them. I'm like, well, that's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Stephen Jenkins. He goes deep. And they actually are on tour right now for all you best ever listeners. Go check them out. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Thinking that I could do it myself, like from painting to cleaning to being the attorney – thinking that I could go over and two-tone paint an apartment better than someone else and wasting nights and weekends and now I help clients do that you know the, the doctor that's over cleaning a fridge on a Saturday morning and you're like why are you doing this someone will do this for like 10 bucks you go be a doctor and usually the barriers to scaling it everybody gets into real estate usually with not I shouldn't say that but most people get in with big high hopes and goals and how are you ever going to scale it if you still think you have to do everything? And just like the woman trying to learn the entire legal process, there's lawyers that specialize in that. There's painters that specialize, cleaners that specialize. Use the best, partner with the best, work with the best, and do what you're best at. Biggest mistake by far. And, and, and I could give you like a gazillion examples where I still thought I could do it better. Over and over, I'm still learning that lesson to just let go of things and let others be better at it. And where is the best ever place to reach you? I like LinkedIn or through the website, either one. Thank you so much for being on the show, Clint, and sharing your best ever advice and talking about your expertise in management, how you structure a company, how you help other companies. Obviously, as you've listened to the show, so you know I've been taking notes this entire time. So what you said can and will be used against you, by the way. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> But really, you know, talking about at the end, you you mentioned with your best ever advice. It's usually not at the end, but I really enjoyed having you know the conversation with you. So it took a little while to get to that point, and I'm glad it did. You mentioned with the best ever advice, don't underestimate the benefits of awesome property management. And then you talked about when investors get quotes, rental quotes from real estate agents, and then they base their numbers on those quotes and we have to think there's a conflict of interest yes in that scenario because the real estate agent gets paid they pay their their bills by commissions and the higher the rent for the house the more likely that it's going to sell so they might be maybe not fudging the numbers but perhaps they're being more optimistic than what they should be well can I just say, Joe, I got to say, like, the difference is, is that the property manager's stuck with you. And so the realtor makes their money and leaves. The manager's looking at the property, and really awesome property managers know that they do better when you make good long term money, stay in the game, and keep investing, where the other ones want you to buy and sell, buy and sell, buy and sell. And so that, that's a very big difference because you come to me, and, and people are usually surprised when I'm like, 
oh yeah, don't buy that. That's a horrible investment. Or, or you know, telling them not to do this or that, because that's very different than everybody. Everybody else is saying buy, 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 buy. Everybody else, and I'm looking at going. I got to manage this for five plus years and help you make money. And so, if you buy this stupid property, you're gonna hate me and it, and you're not gonna want to be in real estate anymore. <laughs> Definitely the takeaway is get a rental quote from a property management company and make sure that they not only quote, but give them the address of the property, have them give you their thoughts on the area. Yeah. Expenses. They know the expenses. They're running all the expenses on all the properties around it. It really is a no brainer to to do that. So thank you so much for sharing your advice, being on the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes, so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.